Hello and welcome everyone to the AFL Fantasy Fanatics Round Review. We are recording live on Anzac Day, Tuesday the 25th of April after the completion of Round 6 of the AFL season. It has been a fantastic Anzac Day. Started for me with a great service, dawn service this morning. And then what a spectacular game of footy we had this afternoon. I am your host and AFL Fantasy Fanatic, Tim Guest. It's been a bit of an up and down uh, week for most coaches and joining me as always is, well, sometimes he's Bales the buy, but not today. Today, he's Bales' birthday. So happy birthday, Bales. Thanks, mate. How are you, yeah, mate? Yeah, could be better. Uh, but been a bit been a bit crook over the weekend, so always fun to get uh, get a bit sick around your birthday. Thanks to my sister and her boyfriend for, for bringing it to me, but... Uh, but yeah, uh, and a, a bit of a rough weekend as well. So yeah, um, well, talk us through it, mate. How was your week? How'd you go? How'd you score? How'd you rank? Um, why don't you also give us your plus three? In the so, well? the, so people are going to probably be out there and they're going to say my score of twenty thirty two and say, "What are you complaining about? It's not too bad." And and it's not too bad. It's it's a pretty good week. I think I'm just having a look at the in terms of round rankings, but for the round ranking that puts me at 12.644 for the week. So not bad, just outside the top 10K. And it moved me up about 2,000 to 2,100 spots. So creeping towards the top 10K, 11.723. But um, we'll get into, I'm not going to give my negative three, but Toot Miller was the guy that I brought in this week. And uh, to see him go and get injured in the third quarter, I believe it was. Uh, knee locked up after a couple of incidents. That was very painful to pay. 922k for for that when a guy, he doesn't he never gets injured. I've never seen him get injured. So it was uh, a bit of a shame to see him go down with that. And then also, he was doing a tagging job on LDU, which we'll talk about um, that when we get to the game. But that was very odd. So he wasn't scoring that great to start with. But yeah, not great. But We'll go all the way back to Thursday, not, uh, Friday night. Sorry, it's no Thursday night footy. Uh, all the way back to Friday night footy for my plus three. Um, it's got to go to the Bont. Uh, the Bont for me was huge in that game, 148. Finally had a big last quarter after he's faded out the last few weeks with a poor last quarter. So 48 points in the last quarter to get into a 148. Started me off very well. Uh, and then my negative three, oh, I've, I've probably got to give it to McGrath again. Um I just can't seem to get rid of him, unfortunately. He's probably going to be a guy that's going to have to stay with me till his buy just because he's got a good buy. But 67, he's on 61 at three-quarter time as well and struggled in that last quarter with Collingwood uh, coming forward and, and getting the win. So, yeah, for me, he struggled. And, and yeah, so that's my week. Uh, how was your week, Tim? Uh, yeah, mate, I actually had a pretty good week. Um, I finished with a 21.01, so just kicked over the 2100 mark. Uh, which gave me a round ranking of around about three, just over 3,000 and brought me in again from about 1,400 to 800. So I'm inside the top 1,000 now. Love so it. I'm pretty happy with that. Still got Green City on my bench there as well, so I'll be able to bring him on this week. Um, and uh, we'll talk about trade plans later on. But look, my plus three, negative three, uh, look, I'm very happy with Bont, but um, I'll give my plus three to Nick Dacos, who um, I put the C on him and uh, was very nervous about whether he was going to get a tag in that last game. And he was just, mate, I was jumping off the couch and doing cartwheels and all sorts of shit when he was kicking goals in that last quarter. I think he kicked two goals. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was um, a bit worried about my week because I, I know many coaches had a bit of a you know tough week. Um, but, um, yeah, that kind of brought it home nice and strong. Uh, my negative three would be my trade-in, uh, Chase Jones. Um, you know, he failed, but look, still made a little bit of money um, and he'll probably be straight back out for me this week. But that's it. 
But I also want to now introduce and, and turn our attention over to our, uh, our guest for this week as well. We always have cracking guests. And this week we've got Luke and Mitch from the Ball Boys. So if you haven't heard of the boys before, I mean, I'm sure you had if you, if you listen to us, but they've got a YouTube channel and they also do podcasts as well. They do a live show uh, generally before us, before lockout uh, on a Friday. So, um, you know, make sure you get along and subscribe to the YouTube channel and, and watch the show. And then podcasts come out, um, a couple of podcasts come out weekly as well. So, boys, welcome to the show. Uh, maybe Luke will uh, we'll kick it off with you, mate. Firstly, uh, how was your week? How did you go? Um, you two were actually matched up in the, the content creators cup, right? So walk us through how that went down. Yeah, we were, mate. Thanks for having us on the show, guys. Appreciate it. It's always good to fun, uh, good fun to get on and have a bit of a chat. Um, but uh, yeah, Mitch and I were were head to head in the Content Creators Cup, and uh, he pipped me unfortunately. Uh, I think uh, it was a week where I might have actually beaten a couple of other people had I been playing them. Um, I didn't have too bad a week, but yeah, he just got me in the end. So not uh, considering sort of where my ranking was and how I started the season, actually not the worst week for me this week. I went um, 2,090 and, and climbed quite a few ranks. So overall, pretty good. Awesome, mate. Great job. All right. Well, uh, plus three, negative three? Jeez, plus three. Uh, I'd... Caught you off guard, maybe? No, no, no. I wish I, wish I had to put, uh, put the VC on Bont on the Friday night, but um, the bloke who I did put the VC on uh, was pretty handy as well. So Timmy English, I'd probably give my Plus three, two, and then negative three. It's becoming a bit of a trend for me. I'm probably, I'm probably the number one Hayden Young basher out there, aren't I? Um, it's terrible, but um, <laughs> the the poor bloke uh, cops it from me every week. But yeah, he's he's a tough watch at the minute. And the other thing too, I mean, I'm probably getting in a bit deep for the little intro bit, but the thing with Hayden Young is he's just such an elite player. I don't understand why Fremantle don't try to get in the ball a little bit more. We'll probably talk a bit more about that later, won't we? So, yeah, it's certainly a frustrating hold and, yeah, it's a good question, mate. So, yeah, but let, let's get into that a bit later on and yep. we'll turn uh, turn over to Mitch now, mate. Mate, uh, how'd you go this week? Uh, how's your rank? Welcome. Yeah, not too bad. Um, I scored a 21-46, uh, which has moved me up uh, nearly 5,000 ranks from eight uh, mid-8,000s to 3,500-ish. Um, so, as you heard, I was the victor in our matchup today. And, um, yeah, so going all right in the Content Creators Cup at the moment as well. Um, did, it, did it get a bit prickly towards the, uh, the end there with you two boys? Or what happened? How did the, uh, how did the no, contest had, go had towards him- the end? Had him covered the whole weekend, mate. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Was, okay. uh... <laughs> 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 Off. <laughs> Look, it was um, it was a bit spicy at the start. We uh, I wanted to go a bit unique with my VC, and this will probably lead me into my plus three. I was um, not confident with Tim English going up against Sean Darcy, and there was stats flying around at the start with Sean Darcy restricting Ruckman, and Luke went with the uh, the the safe easy uh, choice with Tim English, and obviously he pumps out the one twenty nine. So I'm sweating a little bit there. So. I'll, I've backed in uh, Connor Rosie as my VC for the week against the Eagles. And, um, yeah, I was cheering a lot of that game with him kicking goals and just taking marks and tackles for fun. And so, yeah, that, that pushed me a long way to the, to the win there to make sure I got over his VC. Um, anything then, now? Did you, you boys have anything on it to make it a little, in, a little more interesting? Not from oh, where my team was ranked, guest. Yeah, okay. Mate. You're, you're the smart mate, I wasn't, player, I wasn't getting involved. I wasn't putting anything on it. <laughs> They'd be like, take awesome, a boys. baby. Oh, there you go. <laughs> rubbing it in now. Rubbing it in. Well, but I'll, awesome, I'll throw my um, – just, just, just to get quickly yeah, my negative three in there. My yeah. negative three. I'm going to give to a coach, actually. I'm giving it to Stewie Jew for, for tagging the young Harry Sheasel bloke at the start of the game there. And uh, 
causing us coaches to ask a few more questions than we probably want to oh. about the uh, the great man this this week now because well, he's gone. Um, I don't, he's gone. Yeah, I don't from think anyone's complaining like, about like, now he's considering like, looking at getting rid of him. Yeah, so I just didn't want to have to have that conversation this week or that those thoughts in in my head. Um, but obviously, we'll uh, we'll, we'll get, we we'll get to that when we yeah we'll get into it when we talk the uh, the, the Suns and North game. But before we move into the games, guys, I uh, just want to do a quick announcement. So for those of you that haven't already heard, so this year my business, Infinite Wealth, is a proud sponsor of the AFL Fantasy Fanatics Content Creators Cup. And this is an AFL Fantasy League where twenty of your favourite podcasters compete for a donation of five thousand dollars to your favourite charity. But I also wanted to offer something of value that every fantasy coach could take advantage of as well. So what I would like to do is introduce my uh, signature five-module online program called the Fast Track to Freedom. Um, in my par- in the past, my clients have paid as much as two or three thousand dollars for this course. I think the cheapest I've ever offered it was to a small group of clients for about two hundred bucks. So there's some pretty serious value in this course. But of course, I know it might not be for everyone. But just to give people an idea about who it might suit. So in the course, you learn how to pay your mortgage off up to three times faster. You learn also how to uh, reduce your tax by thousands a year. Um, or maybe you just want to learn how I bought 13 properties and retired in just five years at the age of 27. So if you want to get along and um, uh, uh, take advantage of that, just get to the website, uh, infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL Fantasy. Um, more than 5,000 of my clients have reported this as being the catalyst for significant financial change in their life. So infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL Fantasy. Um, but, yeah, apart from that, moving on, let's get stuck into the games. Let's do it. All right. So kicking us off on Friday night. So no Thursday night football this week. But uh, Friday we had Frio versus the Bulldogs at Optus. Bont finally went big, finally finished out a game and smashed out a big score. English, you know, wasn't really impacted by the toughest ruck matchup going around with Darcy. And those owners, Darcy owners would have been pretty happy still. Um, and interesting to see how popular trading target. JJ, how do, the, how do owners feel about these scores? Did any of you boys bring in JJ this week? Not for me. Uh, no, me neither. Okay, just me. There you go. <laughs> Why don't you take us through it, Bars? Yeah, so first player, I think I've got to Mitch on this one. So the Bont. He he went big and he's now <laughs> – it's funny how <clears throat> he was averaging like about that – around that 100 mark. Now he's averaging 106.8 and he's now sort of in that top 10 in terms of averaging midfielders for the season. Is he a guy that people could now be looking at as a trade target, even though he's been frustrating for coaches that started with him, Mitch? Yeah, I um, I had that same thought as well, Hey Bales, that like, obviously he's been somewhat frustrating for people who've had him from the start of the season, but all it takes is a game like this, which we know that Bont is obviously capable of doing. Um, I think at the start of the season, I had him pegged at like a 108 to 110 kind of an average if he does come out and obviously get that 70-plus percent midfield CBAs that we thought he might do without Dunkley there. And he's definitely had the role. Um, obviously, you're trading him in after a, a match like this. You've missed the huge score. But um, he comes into a decent run of fixture going against Hawthorne next week, um, Giants, Carlton. Um, you know, a f- few easier matchups there, uh, Adelaide and then the Suns. He's got the round 15 bye, so... Um, if it all goes haywire, then you've got at least someone you can trade into someone on an earlier buy. So I think he is definitely someone you could target. He'll still be below the 900K mark, so a bit cheaper than some of those other big primo mids. Um, obviously, with a score like this, he's going to go up a, a decent amount of money. So I don't think he's like extremely cheap, but I do think that he could still be potentially undervalued to what he could do. 
Yeah, and I'm very happy as an owner, and I think all four of us here are owners of the Bont, uh, if I'm correct, that it's good to see him finally repay the faith and, and put up a big score. Um, obviously, we talk about Tim English, 129, just continues to get it done. He'll be over a million dollars this week, so yeah, just he's just an absolute freak. Luke Ryan continues great year, another 119, uh, and then Sean Darcy with a 112 as well. But Luke, I want to ask you about Caleb Sarong. So mm. has, has he gone past... Andrew Brasher in terms of his scoring because he just looks amazing at the moment. Another 114 points. Yeah, mate. The 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 answer straight up is this year. Yes, um, he's a he's a thorn in my side because um, I don't own him and and watching him go well is a really tough watch. But I know there's quite a few people there that were advocating for him a couple of weeks ago and and there was that question that everyone was still asking in their mind is if I pick him up now is he still value and the answer kind of keeps being yes. Um, uh, look, I think he's going to be a guy, unfortunately for me, that I'm just not going to be able to get in um, at, at this stage. Um, but uh, if you know if he's in your team, then you're sitting pretty, aren't you? So. Yeah. Oh, funny enough, I'm just looking at the uh, time on ground. So Caleb Sarong, 88%. Andrew Brayshaw, 76%. So that's. And I think that was always the question with Sarong last year was that that um, his scoring was going to be linked to a potential increase in time on ground, and everyone was just kind of hanging out for that, looking for that increase and. Um, it seems to have come. So, yeah, he's looking fantastic. Uh, he is. And then Andrew Brasher as well. We obviously spoke there. He's going to be good in a few weeks. He's going to be under 900K this week, I would imagine, and will, could be a person we target in a few weeks' time. But we probably want to see a couple of good scores before we look at him. Jack McRae, another 99. So, just sort of being that anywhere from 95 to 105 and maybe even sometimes less. So, yeah, I think if you've got him now, you've got to hold true to him, but he hasn't been too great. Obviously, you got her mentioned before, Hayden Young with 77, just being, mate, I've got McGrath. So McGrath and, uh, and Young can just be brothers, these 60s, 70s, 80s uh, guys and be very frustrating. So, yeah, not great. The, the tough watch about Hayden Young there is a little bit linked to do with what Luke Ryan's doing. So I'm I'm not a Frio fan by any stretch, and I know there's a few notable people out there that do watch Frio really closely, but... Just you know, from my perspective, watching Luke Ryan take the kick out, he's he's a penetrating kick, but I just I don't know why you wouldn't have Hayden Young taking the kick. It's I don't know why you wouldn't be trying to get it into his hands. I'd much rather Hayden Young have what did what did Ryan have thirty touches and ten marks. I'd much rather you know see those thirty touches be with Hayden Young, but maybe I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, no, well, Hayden Young is a good enough player that he should be getting a lot more of the ball. So. Not sure what they're doing uh, there at Frio. Um, JJ, uh, Tim, last player we'll talk about before we move to the next game. You brought him in this week. Had the role. It's just, and I'll, one thing I'll say before uh, I'll get your thoughts on JJ was that all of the defenders for the Bulldogs did score under 60, except for JJ, who got 67. He was the highest scorer out of all those guys, like a Jeray, 55, Bailey Dale, 52, Ed Richards, 47. So, what were your thoughts on JJ on Friday night? You're on mute. Sorry, mate. So, yeah, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good summation of my thoughts, actually. Um, you know, I, I, you know, he seemed to be quite a lot. I saw him quite a lot around the ball, but just wasn't seem, didn't seem to be coming to him. Um, and then I saw that same tweet with regards to, uh, you know, still being the highest scorer of the defenders. So, I mean, look, 67, I think he saved it as well. I mean, he had a 21 point, uh, well, he had a 42 point half after having a 25 point um, first half. Um, so... Disappointing, um, you know, but I, I, I traded him in this week and I'll be holding on to him for another week. Um, we'll just see how, you know, things pan out after next yeah, round. 
I still don't actually think he's the worst option to bring in this week nah. just because the role's still there. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not sure if this week is the week to bring him in, but um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that maybe as we get through the rounds and yeah. talk about trade targets and stuff like that. Yeah, and then Corey mm. Wagner, 62 as well, and then uh, Matty Johnson. Looked good, got a 41, but I think he looked better than the 41, so I'd imagine that he'll hold his spot. And in the, the team. Johnson was important this week, though, because I know there was a lot of coaches that were, you know, running a Johnson or a Roberts or a Wilmot or a, you know, some, you know, someone like that on field while, you know, holding Day and holding um, uh, Green. So, you know, it was, I mean, one of the things I noticed when I saw Johnson only do a 40 was like, all right, that doesn't hurt me too much, you know? Yeah, exactly. So mm. that's it for that game. Move on to the Saturday games. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, starting off in the morning was my team, Port versus Eagles at the Adelaide Oval. So it was another game where a popular uh, primo in Rosie went big. Um, but I guess the big questions in this game was related to probably Jimby. Um, you know, some coaches may have been considering trading him out last week. Um, and then, of course, underpriced primo Zach Butters, who was a target, popular target. Um, he had a bit of a slow start and even, I think, started on the bench, but saved his score, I think, with a, was it an 88 late? Yes, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, no, Rosie was the big the big guy from this game, 133. So um Mitch, mate, you would have been pretty happy having him as your VC. Yeah, he um he obviously came out on fire from the get-go and never really slowed down. So pretty stoked. I was um probably the riskier VC option that I've taken so far this year, but uh yeah, very, very happy with that result. Yeah. It's a good stat line. Twenty nine disposals, six marks, seven tackles, two goals, one that you can't really Asked for too much more from him. He was fantastic. Um, oh, Mike Gaffey got 104. That's um, good for him with 32 disposals. Uh, Tim Kelly, 97, continuing to put up uh, decent, solid scores. Did have 25 handballs in that as well. So, um, so yeah, it could have been a lot higher. But Jaden Hunt as well just continues to get it done, Tim, um, for your Eagles, another 90. Yeah, he did save it big time. <laughs> big time save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 42 point last quarter. So... Um, I mean, look, he wasn't going to have the worst, you know, I mean, it was also a, uh, a tough matchup being Port Adelaide as well. So I think coaches would have expected maybe a slightly down score, but yeah, he pulled out that massive last quarter and, um, you know, he just continues to get it done for the Eagles there. Yeah. I feel uh, I'm a hunt owner and I, I just felt as though that was the universe kind of just letting me know that you could get a poor score at any point here and he's just gone on and saved it in the last quarter. So I'm glad it was this week. Yep, so he's going to continue making some good cash, which is nice for you, Luke, and all his owners out there. Um, Zach Butters. So, Mitch, I know you brought um, Butters in this week. I'm actually looking at him potentially as a a target this week. Uh, What are your thoughts with uh, Butters moving forward? Is he still a guy that people can target? He's got the Saints this week, who we know give up plenty of points. Yeah, absolutely. He, um, I think he, he, he showed the role, I think, um, from memory. I think he was, like, top two or three in terms of CBAs. Um, he He did have that kind of gross uh, start on the bench rotation. I think he even might have been on the bench twice in the first quarter just by the way that they rotated through. But um, I think a player like him maybe will do a bit better in a game that's a bit tighter, a bit more closely contested. So I'm hoping that next week will be the the big one that really um, shows people what he can do. But I, I think that he's potentially an underpriced, maybe top six to eight forwards. So yeah, I think he's still an awesome target. Yeah, no, he's definitely on my uh, list for this week. And then, Tim, final player as well, Ruben Jinby. So, you obviously mentioned before, 
62. Had a little bit lower game time this week, but still looked to have the role and, and still tackling as he always does. So what are your thoughts with coaches that have got him moving forward? Is he still better than maybe uh, your McKenzie's and your Chandler's or are you still wanting to move him on? Oh, look, in terms of role, uh, he, I thought his role was actually uh, significantly different this week. I think he played way more um, in defence uh, off that kind of half-back line, which I, I think they were talking about doing anyway just to kind of you know save him as a, as a young boy and kind of um, protect him a little bit. Um, he did still go into the CBAs a little bit. I saw him in there a couple of times. But, um, look, I mean, I, you know, he was one I was considering, am I going to trade him out last week? I decided to trade him out just because, you know, I guess the communication from the club and the fact that he was pretty banged up. Um, you know, I was a bit scared that he could hurt me as I had traded him out, especially when I saw him playing in that halfback role. But, um, but you know, 62, you know, once again, I mean, for owners would have been pretty happy, I guess, for uh, people that had traded him out, maybe not too. I wasn't too disappointed. So, But I think, you know, he's either last week or this week is, is probably the week that people would be looking to move him on. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, he could be one that coach still looks to move. I think Eagles have got a decent run of fixtures in terms for like uh, to score. So maybe Jimmy could put up some good scores. But uh, yeah, we will have to see. Did, how did, he did goes. anyone know? Sorry, just to cut. Did anyone know what happened with Shuey at the end there? I think he was subbed off, wasn't he? Do, do we know exactly uh, yeah. what? Uh, I think he ankle. might have hurt himself. Was it? Is just yeah. an ankle? Yeah, ankle. Okay. Yeah. Do we? Yeah, his, his foot got stuck in the ground as he got tackled. So yeah, just uh, like twist. His we expect ankle, him so. to be back next week. Uh, I'm not sure. Don't know. Don't yeah, I have to have to see. I think with, yeah. in terms of the week, but they may give him a week off just because of uh, how sort of injured he's been the last few years. Unfortunately, because clearly, Jimmy I mean, not a serious injury, into... but at the same time, yeah, yeah exactly right. Yeah, he moved back into the middle there, and um, so in in terms of priority, I would probably prioritise getting like a McKenzie out over a Jinby still if you're having to choose between the two. Yeah, I'm just still I'm still worried about that like sub. Him being a sub-risk. Yeah, it's a good point. So we'll have to see yeah. what happens with moving forward. But we'll move to the Twilight game, Giants and Brisbane. Uh, yes, sorry, that's me. Coming back to me. All right, <laughs> GWS so uh, versus Brisbane at Monica Oval. So popular primo, Cogs and Kelly benefited from green out. Um, I hope uh, those that uh, had Wilmot didn't have to play him on field after a spectacular 22, but probably the big talking point from this game was Dunks, I would imagine. Bales, over to you, mate. Yeah, yeah. So I'll start off yeah, with, with Dunks. Uh, Luke, what, what, what are we going to do? Because this is six rounds in. He's only got 200s. And we saw again, I'll, I'll also throw Lockie Neal into the same conversation because a few people were looking at him as a another target, and he only put up a 70. So I think that crosses him off as an option just moving forward. But what are we going to do with Dunkley, Luke? Yeah, it's interesting. Mitch and I spoke a little bit about this, and I said to Mitch, it's it's interesting. He could potentially be the most underwhelming player you know, in fantasy this year, just, just considering all of the talk about him preseason, the fact that he was just a lock in everyone's team. Um, for me, it's still the 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 um, players just holding him, uh, and then if I need to reassess, you know, towards the buys. But the thing that Dunks benefits from is the fact that he's in that forward line. So I, I don't know off the top of my head exactly what he's averaging right now, but it won't be far off what those sort of... 93. Top, yeah, it's not far off what those top six forwards typically average. So... It's one of those ones that I think, you know, potentially, and again, I've only played for a couple of years, but people can fall into that trap of, of thinking trade, trade, trade. But if you sit back and think about it, he's actually not far off the pace. Um, and, you know, if if there was a play to trade him, it might have been really early on where you could capitalise on some of that value. But I, I just think for me, it's a hold. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it's he's already down at eight sixty eight. He's going to fall even further than that. So he's going to be probably around that eight forty five range. So I think yeah, we're just holding. And and as you said, he's going to be in amongst the top six anyway. He's just clearly not going to be one of the top sort of one or two forwards unless he can turn it round. Um, we'll move to the two Giants mid. So this is what cost me my uh, Content Creators Cup matchup. So I'm now <laughs> one and five and we're going to continue the slide. So fantastic. But Cogs and Kelly went absolutely bananas. 135 for Cogs, 125 for Josh Kelly. Mitch, um, they both went pretty well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, frustrating for me. I've been eyeing off Cogs as a guy that I've been trying to trade in. I thought he might get uh, a little bit cheaper than maybe like the low 800s, high 700s, but this will definitely bounce him back up in terms of price. Um, he probably benefited with um, Tom Green being out, so those guys both stepped up. But um, yeah, I think they're both going to be pretty much close to the top in each of their lines, so uh, not much more to say about those boys, really. They're both yeah. pretty pretty good. Yeah, no, they've been they've been fantastic. So uh, the one thing I will flag if people are looking at Kelly um, as an option, I think that he potentially could cop a row bottom tag this week. So just a bit of an early flag um, for coaches there. Nick Haynes as well. Just want to quickly mention as well. So he's been very good for coaches that brought him in. So he's gone uh, with after that one twenty six, he got a seventy two, then he got a ninety three against Brisbane. So he's just making good cash and he's going to be up, upwards to 650. So if you jumped on him, then kudos to you for picking him. Lockie Whitfield, he looks like he's just put, sort of put in that bracket of Hayden Young and, and Andrew McGrath, just going to be that 80s guy. So a bit frustrating that I jumped in him a couple of weeks ago thinking maybe he could push that 90, but I think that he's more an 85 guy, I think, unfortunately. So he's not going to be a top six defender. So uh, I think I might have to look at trading him out around the buys. So um, very frustrating there. Callahan as well, 67. So put up a solid enough score if you're still held on to him. Will Ashcroft with a 66 as well. So he put up another solid score. So, uh, Tim, I think we'll move on to... And then, obviously, you mentioned Wilmot as well uh, with a 22, which was very poor. Um, so, yeah. yeah, we'll move on to the uh, Saturday night games. Yes. So, uh, well, the one Saturday night so, game. Sorry, yes, the one game. All yeah. good, mate. All good, Geelong versus Sydney. And that was the grand final rematch. And not only was it a rematch, it was probably a bit of a replay, replay with yeah. Geelong <laughs> absolutely demolishing Sydney. Um, so we know that Tom Stewart's been, you know, a popular trading target or something that, well, certainly a defender that's been in coaches' sights over the past couple of weeks. And he turned up. Um, and with all his home matches at a GMHBA from here on, is a solid trading target. Um, I'd really get uh, uh, keen to find out, you know, what you guys think about Goulden's um, significant reduction in CBAs and his low score. But um, we should also probably mention, I know a lot of coaches brought in Matty Roberts, who um, has done that medial ligament, that knee injury, and it will now be out for weeks. So uh, good luck to him and, uh, you know, bad luck to coaches that brought him in. Yeah, yeah. so he'll be out for yeah, a little bit. So, unfortunately, coaches will have a red dot unless they trade him this week. But you mentioned Tom Short. I remember th- a few weeks ago after that Mitch Duncan won 20 that people were a little bit worried about uh, Tom Short and think that Mitch Duncan was going to outscore him. But Mitch Duncan's gone two really sub-poor scores and, and two big wins. So, like, Mitch, I'll go to you for this one. What What are your thoughts with, with Mitch Duncan? If coach had jumped on him, is a, a, a bit of a panic stations with him now? Yeah, the thing, and I've said this before about Mitch Duncan, is like he's playing the exact same role as he did last year. Like this isn't a new thing for him. And um, like we know he's capable of big ceiling scores, but if you just go back through his scores last year, like they're they're quite inconsistent, uh, whereas Tom Stewart is still their number one sort of designated kicker. So I think if anyone's going to take points away from anyone, it's Tom Stewart taking points away from Duncan. Um, 
you know, instead of the other way around. So, look, if you've traded him in, I think that he's still going to be a guy that at the end of the day puts up like close to a 90 averaging year, but it's going to be filled with ups and downs. So, I think, again, it sucks, but the best course of action at this stage is just to hold through, upgrade your rookies, and when you can get him off, uh, you know, get off him at the end of the, the buys or, or just after, that's probably when you do it. But I don't think that he's a guy that's going to challenge the top six defenders, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, Dangerfield's top score of this game, the 110. So he looked uh, back to his old self on the weekend. So if you have him in draft, uh, very, very good pick there. You'd be happy with his score. Uh, Jeremy Cameron continues to put up solid scores, another 87. So coaches that have got him in their side, there's not too many, but uh, he's putting up very, very good numbers. So you'd be very happy with him. Callum Mills continues to drop in price, another 87, playing on Tom Hawkins, which I thought was very, very odd. Uh, and, yeah, scored an 87, which wasn't too bad seeing the role, but he's going to be under 800K in probably a couple of weeks' time. So he's going to be really cheap uh, if he his role changes. Um not too many relevant players in this game. So, as you mentioned, Tim, Errol Golden, are you are you worried? Because he gave away four free kicks. He it was a, they got absolutely hammered. So, I'm not as worried. But are you concerned with Golden? Look, I, I guess I'm not as worried about one down week. I mean, you get that from a primo, right? But um, and he's you know prior to this week he was averaging 93, I think it was. So, um, you know that was probably where we picked him to be. Um, but at the same time, I was a bit concerned about his drop in CBAs. So, um, you know, if he's – yeah, I'd like to see him get more CBAs. So it's just something to watch at the moment, but nothing to panic about. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, move on to the Sunday games. Mike Crowey's getting the job done over the Hawks. That's right. Before we do move on to the Sunday games, just a reminder, if there is a player that you want to discuss, tweet it in uh, on the spaces below. And if we don't uh, cover them, we'll, uh, we'll view them all at the end of the spaces to make sure that everyone gets covered. But – Moving on to Hawks v Crows at UTAS. So uh, your boys bails in a, in a tight one. Um, probably the thing I mentioned about this game was there were 165 tackles. That's the most tackles of any game in 2023. Um, and the other thing we learned is that that kind of tackling game doesn't suit Chase Jones. Um, it did, however, <laughs> suit Laird and Warple. Um, Sick Donk was back um, uh, and there was a popular rookie option that was a bit quiet. Um, but if you kept him, his score, once again, probably didn't hurt you um, with a lot of kind of poor scores from popular rookies this week. Um, although probably Pedler wasn't one of them. He he probably had one of the better scores for the Rooks this week. Yeah, he was very, very impressive. But I will start with my boy. It'd be remiss of me not to. Uh, <laughs> it, he saved my bacon this week. Uh, I would have had a lot worse because I had Toot Miller as my captain. Uh, Three-quarter time came. Laird was on 97. I had him as my VC, and I thought, I'm definitely going to take that because worst case, he gets to a 110. He got a 120, which was was great. He went off with a bit of a knee concern, so just something to watch for coaching the week. But I think, by all reports, I think Roy put out there, he asked him after game and, Laird, he said his knee's all good. So he looks like he'll be good to go uh, for this week. Went off for a couple of minutes. But 120, very happy. Um, Tim, is he an option for coaches to be looking at? He's now going to be – I don't think he's going down anymore. His, his break-in was 117, got a 120. So is he an option coaches to have to look at? What's he priced at now, mate? Uh, it'll be 911, so it might go up a couple yeah. of K. So it might be about 912, Yeah, look, I think he's definitely a player that's got to be on coaches' radars. I mean, I don't think he's going to be that 120 player that we saw last year. Um, How dare but- you? 
Uh, <laughs> look, I, I know, man, but I think you know. There's just simple fact of the matter is that you know there's a different different game style. His CDs yeah, yeah, have yeah, dropped. Right. There's a different mix in the midfield. Um, but look, priced at nine eleven. Um, I mean, I think that's that's good value. I mean, it's a good buy, uh, and you know he's definitely going to be in that top. You know, probably ten or twelve mids. I would say so. Um, yeah, he definitely should be on people's on radars for sure. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's in that top one midfield, and I think a one thirty average from here will be. Will be really good. <laughs> no, get it, get on, lad. He's a good option. Uh, the sick dog. Um, now he could be a huge target for coaches because so he got a one fifteen loop uh, on the weekend, and he comes up against the very friendly bulldogs uh, who are friendly to defenders, and he's not going to go down a heat more. So about eight thirty ish k eight thirty five. Is he a guy that coaches could look at in defence this week? Yeah, he, he's an interesting type, Vales. Uh, personally, for me, I, I'm starting to look pretty pretty full uh, in defense because I held day there. I'm looking to bolster my midfield. But interesting with Sicily is that he's a little bit of a Mr. Fix-It back there as well. There's There are times where the game demands that he plays a little bit more accountable. And I think we've, we've kind of seen that through the year as well. If you have a look back through his first six games, there are games or even just patches of games there where he... He plays a little bit more accountable, and it kind of hurts you scoring as well. So you, you know, if you get on him, you're certainly going to get those big ceilings. Um, you know, but be ready for you know some low falls as well. I think is kind of my my general take on it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a very good point. But he could go huge this week. He got, oh, I think got a 150 against the Dogs last year in round 23. So uh, I remember trading him out, not getting that score. So that was fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, big big Tex was the top scorer for this game as well. One twenty three. He looked fantastic. Big reason uh, why the Crows end up winning the game. John Newcomb as well. Uh, Mitch is he a guy that coaches could look at? He's had a couple of good scores in the last few weeks. Or is Will Day coming back in may uh, may change that mix? Um, he, he's probably someone that we could look at. I think the and one of the biggest questions I've got for this week in particular is is like. How are people getting to these midfielders that are mid 800s, 900,000? And um, if you're anyone like me and you want to trade out these dud rookies, like you probably won't be able to get that high. So if, if you can only afford trade, someone around trade the cheese, 800, you <laughs> well, you don't have the balls for it. Trade cheese. <laughs> yeah, I think we've got a few other fires to put out. But um, yeah, I think he's someone you could look at. The role looks good. He. He does still seem like a guy that any week he could go down with a dud score. He's obviously not going to be anywhere near the top eight uh, in the midfield, but he is someone who you could probably rely on for like a, I guess, a 90-plus average moving forward. So it's definitely an upgrade from a rookie. If that's the best you can get to, it's not the worst, but I don't think he's like a priority target by any means. Yeah. Yeah, he's had a couple of good weeks, but I do think Will Day coming in will change that mix and maybe those ceiling scores may not be there as much as the last two weeks have shown. Uh, Jordan Dawson, another solid score, 103. Um, Copped some attention from Nash, but Nash seemed to sort of go from Laird to Dawson, back to Laird, back to Dawson. So it was still good. You're happy with 100 there. Now, Josh Rochelle, Tim, um, another good score, 102. If someone had to choose between Rochelle and Butters, are you going Butters or are you going Rochelle? Uh, I would have to say Young Butters now with the disclaimer that I could be wrong. Um, I mean, look, Rochelle, I think it's just, for me, he's just, he's a player you just got to tip your hat to. He's like, he's the mid-pricer that we all missed, we never, ever considered. Um, and he has been absolutely outstanding. But, you know, with the amount that he's gone up, I'm just, I'm just hesitant to jumping on at this point. And, you know, whereas Butters, I think... Um, um, you know, starting on the bench, 
this week I don't think was a great way for him to start, but I, I see him probably still looking to continue that to increase that midfield in, um, mix. He was his midfield CBAs were a little bit lower this week, so I think they're still going to increase. So yeah, I would still be looking more towards a Butters than I would be um, a Rochelle. But man, what a what a pick he would have been if anyone's on him. Then uh, you know, great job. Yeah, and and I just I did want to raise that point. He's been fantastic as well, but he did show. I think it was in the third quarter. Uh, I don't think he scored many points at all. I think he was on sort of uh, mid to high 70s at halftime, only got a few points in that third quarter. And with Collingwood this week and then Geelong in Geelong, I think that that could be a week where he may dish up a 50 score. So I just would uh, put that flag out for coaches. But, yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic. If it wasn't for Nick Dacos, I think a lot more people would be talking about Rochelle from that draft. But uh, we'll talk about Dacos after, but he's been uh, obviously um, amazing. So, uh, Warpoint 88, so he's been solid. Your boy Mitch continues oh, to put up lots of good scores. My boy. Yeah, any, <laughs> any words on Warpoint, Mitch? Oh, he's just a guy. I've always, I've always believed in him. Um, yeah, been, <laughs> I've been this in his corner from the, from the get-go. You know, yeah, never, never wavered in my faith at all. No, that's <laughs> no, but I think... serious, serious question, though. Do we trade him this week? Oh, I would have to. I would have to think that most teams have other things that you've got to do. Um, but could he be your ticket his... to? Could he be your ticket to that potential guy that you want to lock in around the? It's it is one of the big questions. Yeah, I think. big boy, correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, good use of the word there, Tim. Um, <laughs> he's he's going to have a break even at about fifty two this week. He's he'll be about the mid six hundred. So look. I I pr- have a preference to try and hold him if you can and do something oh else with God. your rookies. How but... quickly he forgets. How quickly <laughs> he forgets. <laughs> it's just when you've got players, you know, like McKenzie, you've got players like Wilmont who are dropping sort of sub-50 scores and getting subbed and halting in cash generation. I think that those kind of things take priority, but... It is a tricky point of the season where these guys are not fat enough that you can get up to a proper premium and it's sort of, I guess, what's your appetite for going halfway to a, a guy that's not top six or top ten in their line and, um, you know, just sticking with those guys through to the buyers or after the buyers. Um, it's, I think it's going to be the biggest question of the week and I think where a lot of players or, or coaches will go right or wrong. Um, so I don't think I have the answer right now. I'll, I'll think about it a bit more, but it, it is a play. I don't know if it's the right play right now. Yeah, sure. Um, Luke Pedro as well, uh, solid score, 67, but only played 64% game time when he's been a mid sort of 70s to even a low 80s player so far this year. So pretty good score considering he had low time grade. Must have got stuck on the bench, I'm sure, at some point. So I'm not sure for that, but... Uh, Seamus Mitchell as well, 68. He played pretty good as well, so he may even hold his spot. And we were all a bit worried uh, last week with Scrimshaw and Ward being emergency. We thought maybe he might not have good long-term secure- job security, but he's been uh, really good. And Michael Annie's probably another one, Tim, you mentioned about uh, tip of the cap um, for Rochelle. I think uh, if he, you started with Michael Annie, tip of the cap again, he got a 60. Um, you're pretty happy with that. So um, he's been uh, ticking along quite nicely. And then, Cam McKenzie as well with a 45. I think it's probably, yeah, time for him to go because he's actually going to drop in cash this week. So he would be high, I think, uh, on people's trade targets. Then Chase Jones, Tim? Yes, Chase Jones. <laughs> I no, don't and- know. Look, I mean, I, I'm... <laughs> <sighs> Look, I... I, I knew pers- what I was getting myself into. 
Yeah, oh, well, look, for me, I brought him in. I brought him and JJ in, but I, I didn't think it was a play for everyone. It was a play for me because of how my team was sitting and I knew full well that I was probably going to get off one of them straight away the very next week. So, I mean, it sucks that he threw up a through to 37. I, you know, I would have thought that he could have, you know, thrown up at least a rookie score of a 60 or something along those lines. But, um, um, but I don't know, he'll make 10, 15 grand and I'll trade him out this week. Um, yep. And, you know, okay, I made money, didn't really make anything in terms of points. Yep. Could have left it well, not a Wilmot, but a, a Cowan. Could have had a Cowan on field and done yeah. it just as well, you know. Oh, well, speaking of Cowan, we'll move on to that game that happened. Oh, just, uh, just, just um, really quickly before we move on to the next game, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on um, Seamus Mitchell and his job security moving forward because I think, obviously, he was one of the, the guys that we're, we were downgrading to this week. Um, one thing I did note in that game is um, Scrimshaw was used as the sub. And when he did come on, was playing a lot in the forward line. Um, mm. I think very late in that game, Scrimshaw moved to the defence and Sicily moved into the forward line as well. Um, so I, I'm wondering if that, if you guys saw that and, if, and what you think in terms of his job security moving forward. Because the reason I didn't go with him is because I thought, Will Day is coming back into the side. Josh Ward's going to come back in if he's just being managed. Scrimshaw's the guy that he came in for originally. There's three ins coming back in, but is he a guy that he's just going to make enough cash over the next two or three games that we just need to get in because cash is so hard to find right now? Because I think that's, well, th- that's yeah, the big question I- right now is how are we generating cash? Well, I think this week coaches are going to go to a chinkotta, right, if um, if he's right. there, which I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be, especially considering the way he played and the way he scored. But, um, um, but at the same time, I mean, could you go both? Like, is is a double down? No, nah, I, I wouldn't. So, I would, yeah, I would, if you brought him in, grab, I wouldn't see, grab him. Yeah, if you brought him in, I would have been buoyed by, by what I saw. So, to me, it looked like you know Seamus Mitchell was essentially holding his spot down in defence, and they were playing scrimshaw forward, which I think looked really great. And while they made that move of putting scrimshaw into defence, I don't really think that was a move about putting scrimshaw into defence. I think that was a move called pulling sick dog in the forward line, and you needed to move you know some pieces around to make that happen. So scrimshaw went back. So. I think, you know, you, you his job security has increased depending on, uh, well, based on what it was last week, but I don't think you're going to be bringing him in this week because I think there's still a lot of question marks about it. The, the one flag I'd, I would throw up there as well is that Max Lynch did get subbed out, which meant that they were a forward down. So I'd imagine that they bring in a Meek um, or someone like that, or if, I don't know if Mitch Lewis is too far away as well, but may they bring in him or Kaczynski. They, I think they'll bring a forward in, and I think Scrimshaw will go back, which for me puts Seamus Mitchell potentially on that sort of fringe sort of one or two players. So personally for me, I think I'd go down uh, the bread, uh, go get him. But mo- talking about the bread, though, we'll, we'll move on to yeah, that game yeah. uh, with Carlton St Kilda. So once again, I mean, pretty much every time I introduce a St Kilda game, I just get blown away by how well they're going. I mean, it, it does say something for coaches, right? Like, Ross I mean, the boss. Saints Saints have been middle of, you know, nowhere for a long time and Ross comes in and they do really well. And same time with Essendon, you know, I mean, Essendon have been a dumpster fire for a number of years and then Brad Scott comes in and look at them go. But, um, but yeah, look, they're 5-1 and one now. Um, you know, they really won with their defensive system, but it was the Blues midfielders that really scored well with all four of them going 126-plus. Um, Holland's, you know, finally hit that 75. We thought he might be able to hit, especially the with flag, all that he's got. Yeah, yeah. 
And um, on the flip side, like uh, for the Saints, only one of them hit 100 and that was Marshall. So, you know, I did, I did, you know, the question for me about this game is, you know, is this what we should expect from the Saints? Is their scoring, you know, this kind of scoring is going to be a bit down each week or, or do we think it was just a rare week? Uh, I, th- I think that Saints obviously give up a lot of points, but I don't think they're going to be like a high-scoring team. But let me just read some of these numbers for people that don't know exactly. So Sam Walsh, 38 disposals, 131 points. Adam Chera, 39 disposals, 130 points. Blake Akers, 36 disposals, 11 marks and 126. Paddy Cripps, 34 disposals, 126. And Nick Newman had 28 disposals, 10 marks and 119. So all those guys went humongous. So I think that just says more about... Going forward, the Saints is going to give up a lot of points. Yeah, so St Kilda's game plan, they'll they'll let you chip it around all day up until the point where you, you know, essentially cross halfway and start attacking their D50 and then they're going to slingshot it back on you. So, I mean, it's a theme that we already saw with defenders earlier on in, uh, or as in, you know, the last six rounds. And then you can see, uh, based on those stats, that the midfielders of Carlton were getting in on it as well. But that, for me, is, uh, is a bit of a worry for Carlton if your midfielders are having that much of the pill and you're getting beaten reasonably comfortably too, so... Yeah, well, speaking of that Carlton midfield, Sam Walsh has come back and he's looking very, very good. Uh, another 38 touches. I think he's got the longest streak, current streak for 25-plus touches, I think 24 games. I think the next best is like 11 or something. So is he a target that we should be looking at, Luke? Can I tell you? I'll if tell you can afford him. I'll tell you a quick story about Walsh as well. Uh, old, old Mitch um, plays assistant coach for his girlfriend's team, Ellie. And uh, this week, the, the two targets that they had... We're, Careful, uh, Luke. Don't get me in trouble here. <laughs> we're Took and, and Walsh. And um, and Ellie said, oh, I think we should go Walsh. I think we should go Walsh. And assistant coach Mitch convinced her to go Took and he hasn't heard the end of it all week. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, he's he's definitely a target. He's he's pretty exy, but hey. Um, oh, mate, I, I had to do a welfare check on Bales when Took went off. Oh, man, I, I, felt, I felt for some coaches. There's, there's that terrible part of you when you're a non-owner that kind of Feels a little bit good, but then the you, glee. yeah, but you got to feel bad for, for yeah. the people that are in that boat, don't you? So yeah, and I, I would have got beat this week as well um, by Holmesy. I was up against Holmesy in the Content Creators Cup, except he had took as captain. Oh, man, it's 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 rough, isn't it? It's very it very rough. That's this game. Well, I think I think Walsh is definitely an option um, as a as a unique pod kind of a guy. He, he is pricey, but I, I just I love the way he goes about. It. He's one of my favorite players in the AFL, and I think if he was healthy. He would have very easily been in my team to start the year. Um, and we saw the reason that I was <laughs> trying to get Ellie to go to uh, was last week. Last week, we saw him at 39% CBAs. This week, different story. He was up at 83%. So um, he's moved more inside. And even last year, he was he was a kind of guy that was maybe sometimes starting forward, starting on the wing, starting in defense, and then going into the midfield. Um, and if he starts sort of in those centre bounces and can get those tackle numbers up, he could easily be a guy that, um, you know, we talk about as like that 110-plus averaging player. Um, yeah, he's, just think a, he's just a jet. Akers coming in definitely helps because he's that winger there. Holland's there as well. So I don't really think there's too much danger of him being on a wing. I think it's going to be uh, pretty much mainly midfield and then maybe just a uh, half forward, but pushing up as that fourth midfielder. So he's a great target for coaches. Ron Marshall, again, continues his uh, ton streak from round two onwards, getting 100. He was a bit quiet in patches, but got there in the end. He's got a good matchup this week against Port Adelaide, so he's been fantastic. Mitch Owens is the same. Uh, Tim with Rochelle, tip of the hat. He's been very, very good this year. Um, only one score below 77 with that 65. So uh, another 99. So he's been great if you started. 
with him there. Um, Scrying down here, Jack still a bit quiet in his first game back. Probably good for all of us non-owners that he'll drop in cash and be a good target made to bring in at some point. Hollands with a 75 was good. So if you held to him, maybe you can hold him an extra week. West Coast Optus seems like a pretty good matchup would suit a guy like him. So he was great. But then the final player we'll talk of, actually, the Wolf, uh, 58. I traded him out this week. Who would have thought I lost 10 points going from Liam Stocker to Toot Miller? So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's uh, tough. Not great. But, uh, yeah, uh, the bread. Uh, Mitch went well and uh, could be a good target for people this week. Yeah, the bread. Cheer barter for those playing along. Um, we, yeah, we should have a uh, celebratory sandwich, Mitch, on the pod. <laughs> <have a sandwich. laughs> yeah, he's um, no, no, no beers. No beers this week. Uh, all beers and yeah. beers and bread this week. Beers yeah, bread. Just, just, <laughs> he's um, he'll be easily the number one most traded in player next week. Um, yeah, obviously, when you score seventy six on your first game, he's going to have a very low break even. But the good thing is, because it was his first game, he's probably only going to go about up about thirty five forty k. So he'll still be plenty cheap for us to get in. And um, I think after that performance, he's probably not the first player out of the side when uh, Assad comes back. I think you probably more likely see a cow and make way in that. Uh, would be my opinion there. If anyone is worried how about inflated, that, yeah. how inflated do you think that score is based on the fact that they played St Kilda? Oh, I'd say he's probably more like a fifties to sixties guy, but um, still okay. Yeah, that's that's still good for a guy who's priced you know low two hundreds. I think yeah. he's still a guy you can field. I think definitely uh, you yeah. can go a rookie down to him and then use that cash on top of a rookie and go up to someone if you can get there. So I do you like still him, as an field him over. Option. Uh, yeah, you probably feel him over like a Wilmont or that kind of a guy. Um, yeah. Or, yeah, maybe equivalent to like a Hollands. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. And then Philippa as well with a 49 and Cowan 48, just getting their sort of substandard scores. So, uh, yeah, Tim, unfortunately, we'll move on to the next game. <laughs> sure. So let's talk about Gold Coast v North at Heritage. So um, I just let's throw props out to the Stato who brought in McPherson, right? Because he's been killing it the last couple of last yeah. months. Um, but probably the three big stories from this game: LDU uh, and his disappointing score. I really wanted to talk to you guys about that. Um, we've already talked about Tuku, the injury. It's a lateral meniscus tear. Uh, and what the club is saying is that he will miss a fair portion of footy and will be unavailable for the short to medium term. So that looks like a you know definite trade. Um, and then, of course, there's questions about Sheasel. You know, he was tagged, he was moved forward, or, you know, what kind of impact did uh, Aaron Hall have? So, yeah, let's kind of talk through those things and uh, walk through the players. We can we can move on to the next game if you want. We don't have to talk about this one. This, is a, this I don't want to go. This was the most depressing game I reckon I've ever watched of football. Just, it's yeah, pretty bad, just, eh? Not great, but uh, yeah, obviously you mentioned Took, uh, forced trade for me, so that's fantastic. But yeah, LDU copped attention from Took as well. So for the first sort of mm. half, he was getting tagged by Took, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, but is again, we, we're trying to get rookies off the field, but when we've got guys like this putting up very substandard scores, are we a bit worried about um, an LDU? So Tim, I know you've got uh, him in your side, so you concerned because you did raise this last week. Yeah, you I concerned. did. Yeah, and look, I, I mean, I think the thing that maybe people forgot when I raised it last week is that he was also, I mean, he was a laid out and then was he a 70 or something like that? You know, he's so 91. He's, yeah, uh, so it's, I mean, there was a week where he was out plus he's, you know, out of 91, which is still a bit low and then, you know, he's had a couple of disappointing scores. So he is a concern, but he's certainly not anyone I'm considering trading because he's just as easily could go 130 next week. 
Um, I think he got injured as I think he got injured as well. I think he had an ankle that he was off a couple of times for. So yeah, well, that's that's kind of why I was keen to talk to you guys about this because, like you said, and I didn't really want to say it, but man, I struggle to watch these games. You know, particularly Gold Coast Suns and North games, and I just I couldn't really pay attention, so I didn't really see what the hell was going on. Um, but yeah, so. It's, it's interesting, um, the, the way he started the season kind of um, parallels the way he started last year, if I've got my stats right here. Um, he sort of started with a reasonable score and then, you know, went 76 and then 74, 77, and then we know what he did sort of towards the end of the season. So it's one of those ones, I, th- I think every part of me says, if you start trading those guys that you originally picked as keepers before you get to that luxury trade season, then you're putting yourself behind everyone else. Um, so for me, it's even though it's a tough watch and he's he really is has been a tough watch in the last couple of weeks, um, I'll be hanging on to him. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's the play. I think you, you hang on to him. Um, but then we'll move to Sheezel as well. So obviously Aaron Hall was back in. So Mitch, what are your thoughts with Sheezel? He did did cop some attention from Holman, was getting tagged until sort of later in the game when he got sort of chucked forward and in the midfield. But you just said you didn't really want to think about this this week, but is Sheezel potentially a guy that we may have to look at trading out? Look, I think it's definitely something that we should at least consider. Um, I'm not saying that we do it, but it's definitely something that, look, the, and the reason I think we should be looking at it is because of the fact that Cash has been so difficult to make this year, and it is uh, at least the way I'm looking at my team. It's very difficult for me to get you know those McKenzies, the you know um, Jinbies, Holland's guys up to a premium, especially the midfield. Like I'm, I'm probably one premium defender and or forward away from completing both of those lines, and then I'm going to have to start to just focus on my midfield. And it's um, it's you're not going to be able to get very far. So. When you've got a player like Sheasel who's up at 750000 if you could very easily get him to an uber premium, a permanent captain on your side. Um, now, obviously, if you could guarantee that he's going to do what he did the first five rounds, you're not even considering trading him. But it's just the combination of Aaron Hall coming back in. The coach was talking about him having uh, you know, a knock to his hip. Um, he had that hand injury as well. Um, maybe and he's, he's a rookie. Due- he is a rookie yeah. at the end of the day. Maybe he's due for a rest or a sub or something like that. It's There's just a scenario, and I don't know if this is something that I will do personally, but there is a scenario that the winning play is to get off Harry Sheasel ahead of everyone else because he is so popularly, yeah. uh, you know, popular in the game. And if you know he is subbed at some point and everyone else cops that poor score and use, you've, you've used that cash to get to someone like a, an Oliver or someone like a Rory Laird, um, that could be a, a, a move that sets you up very nicely. It could also really backfire on you, but at the same, at the same time, um, he's, he's got a lot of cash on his head. So it's something that I think we should all be at least considering. Yeah, well, or, or, you, or you could go Sheasel to Toot Miller. Oh, hang on. No. You can't. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> no, don't do that. But no, like last, last week, Sheasel's break-in was 48, right? So yeah. uh, lockout is just lifted as we're recording here. Uh, his break-even is now 102. So it shot yeah. up completely because that yeah. poor score. I said to Mitch this afternoon as well, and this is not my endorsing of, of trading Sheasel, but I said you can very easily – see a scenario where the person who wins the Hilux is getting interviewed 
Um, and, and they say, yeah, I got off Sheasel, you know, this week and it just basically, you know, propelled me up the rankings. So it's one of those ones. I think you'd have to have big kahunas to do it, but it's, um, it's the kind of thing that could win your highlights, I reckon. Well, a move that could require some uh, big kahunas is with Toot Miller going out, is the pasta Friarini an option? Uh, anyone can sort of come in here. I, I know, I know, a few people said this could be a Dossie move. Dossie's tuning in now as well. So, is this a is this something that we could consider if maybe if he uh, has got that midfield role, or are we just not not going near it? Um, only if this was the VFL uh, fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think look, I've got Dossie in the content creators, so tell Dossie yeah. to bring him in. <laughs> he, he I, might. I, and here's the other thing with Fierini, he could go 140 as well. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. I don't have the balls to make a move like that because, well, actually, what's his price? I haven't even looked up his price. Uh, so it's 520, 523. Uh, actually, it's not too, not too bad, is it? Um, <laughs> like, like you're, only, you're, only, you're, only paying about, you're only paying about maybe 40K, 30K to go from a Jinbi up to a Fiorini, so... Yeah, actually, maybe I'm eating my words now. He is quite yeah, cheap. Um, I'll have to after do some research into that. But did, he didn't even play this game, did he? He wasn't in there. Yeah, he did. He got, he got yeah, no, he got yeah. a seventy-eight. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay, I'll have to. Obviously, I didn't watch much of this game because I tuned out after. <laughs> it was a shit game. To be fair. <laughs> so I'll have to rewatch the tape before I can give an educated answer there. But my initial reaction is that it makes me very nervous. <laughs> yeah. And then just some other good scores in this game as well. So Lockie Weller, um, if anyone jumped on him, he'd be pretty happy with him. He got a 133. He's got that good buy. I think it's too late to jump on him. He's now 778. But, yeah, good play to those coaches that jumped on him. And as you mentioned before as well, Tim with McPherson stayed on. I jumped on him. So if he jumped on him, he'd be happy. Noah Anderson, 102, could be an option with Toot Miller going down. And then Zeeble was still pretty good as well with the 99, even though Hall came in. Zeeble still seemed to be that guy back there. So, he put up a good score. And then Jared Witts, uh, shout out to him. He got 83 from only 61% game time. So got uh, ease back into it, but put up a solid enough score. So, um, And yeah, we'll move on to the Anzac Eve, Anzac Day Eve game, Tim. That's right. Melbourne versus Richmond at the MCG. So Taranto, once again, another popular primo, put up a big score. Um, Van Royen, uh, who basically did nothing pretty much the entire game and then won the game for the Ds in the final quarter by kicking three and also kind of saving his score. So um, he was on field for me, so that was important. And, uh, I mean, Gorney went well in his return game, but I, the one thing, I, it's not really a fantasy talking point, but how irrelevant is Brody Grundy now? Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, Gordon it's, coming it's back. Actually, yeah. It's actually, it's kind of sad to watch. Like it was kind of, it was sad for me to watch someone like Brody Grundy almost like hardly even getting a game. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. I mean, it's sad from a fantasy perspective in terms of being a Melbourne supporter. You know, he's playing his role and he's he's doing his bit for the team and whatnot. But um, but yeah, definitely from a fantasy perspective, when you know a guy with pedigree like that is is essentially wasted from a fantasy perspective, it's tough to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's. Not great. I think if you've got Grundy, you've got, you obviously got to jump off him, and you could even go to Gorn. Um, you make money from that as well. Gorn dropped uh, 51k this week, so he's now under 800. So, could be a juicy option for coaches if they want to look down that path. But I just want to quickly talk about Tim Taranto. So, uh, if anyone was following me closely last year, we know that uh, it was a love hate relationship with him last year. More on the on the hate relationship the start last year after bringing him in for expensive, but. He has well and truly made up for that. He was amazing on this game, 138 points. I think he's clearly shown he's the number one forward, averaging 117, has, hasn't gone under 100 all year. Played an uncharacteristically low 74% game time when he's normally a mid to high 80s 
guy. So um, he's just been uh, fantastic. Um, but the one player I want to talk about, because I think Taranto's pretty self-explanatory, but Jaden Short, um, 117, he's probably a guy we've got to keep an eye on, Tim. Um, could get that defender. So he's played more in defence on the weekend. Looked good um, and got a lot of the ball. Yeah, he looked great. Um, obviously, with the mid status, he's not really on my radar. But you know, when he does get that defender status, uh, well, although you know, same, I, think, wait see, I think Luke's. Yeah, I think Luke said it earlier as well. It's just, I mean, I'm pretty full up back there now, so I'm not really uh, looking for that many defenders anymore. But um, but yeah, look, I mean, when he gets that status, he's certainly you know someone to look at. Yeah. Yeah, he's been uh, – he was good on the game. Um, the tough one about – sorry, guys. I was just going to say right. the tough one about um, Shorty too is if he continues to impress score-wise, by the time that that DPP potentially comes around, he's going to be pretty exy as well. So yeah. it's one of those ones that would be just fantastic to look at now if, if it looks like that role's changed and he did have DPP. But like he said, the mid-status is probably the bit that's stuffing us around a little bit. Yeah. Um, Petrarca was good as well 106 continues to be solid so obviously all their fingers are crossed he gets enough forward time to play um, in the future games to get a forward status so we'll have a keen eye on that uh, Clayton Oliver uh, 103 so obviously a little bit lower but he was a bit crook during the week so considering you still got to that ton still uh, you'd be pretty happy with that I mentioned Gorn with a 96 he was solid Gus Brayshaw got an 80 but I'm I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts Mitch so he played midfield or a bit more midfield than what he has in previous weeks. He's now under 700K. We obviously were speaking about defence is, is quite uh, full for a lot of coaches, but he's under 700. Is he a guy that coaches have got to keep on their radar because he's so cheap? Um, yeah, definitely keep him on your radar because he does seem to be a guy that they do move around in terms of his role a bit. Um, and I do think that Melbourne had a few guys come in like Michael Hibbard um, who – freed him up a little bit with their inclusion. Obviously, we also know that um, uh, who am I blanking on here? Yeah, Salem Salem. is is yet to come back into this side. So, look, he's getting very cheap. Um, 181,000 down for the entire season when I thought he could potentially be a good starting selection, which has obviously been the furthest thing from correct. Um, But I still don't think I'd be pulling the trigger yet, but he definitely is someone that you can monitor if um, you're looking for that last defender spot and you don't have much cash. So, yeah, yeah. definitely keep yeah, on the agreed. radar. Yeah, agreed. Um, Kay Chandler, now I've got a bone to pick with the umpires. Two of the free kicks they gave to Ch- away to Chandler were absolutely ridiculous. So that could have been a 70. <laughs> but, I'm, I, Tim, I want to get your thoughts on Chandler. So I'm actually pretty keen to hold him because he's found a way to get his 60s and he's got a really nice run of three games. So he's got North Melbourne, Gold Coast and Hawthorne in his next three. Are you prioritising maybe training other rookies ahead of him? Look, I probably... Look, there's a couple of rookies that are all in the same conversation, probably similar rookies to were in the same conversation last week, like Jinby McKenzie and probably a Chandler. I know were the three last week and, you know, maybe some coaches moved on them. I know I moved on two of them. Um, but... I, I'm actually in the camp, and I know there was also some very, you know, well-respected coaches last week that were kind of talking about us kind of holding these rookies, but I'm actually in the camp. No, you get off these rookies now. They've done their job. They've made you the money. Um, These rookies can just as easily drop you a 20 or a 30 as they can drop you a 60. So, um, you know, I think as soon as you've got the opportunity to cash them out and get to someone, providing you can get to a player that you want to get to, like, a, you know, Zach Butters, I think has been a really good example over the last, um, well, this week uh, and over the last week as well. Um, I think you want to get off them. Um, and my experience of playing fantasy has been 
that, um, you know, I think we've talked about this analogy of a pack before, like you want to try and get in front of the pack and you do that by, you know, trading, getting off a rookie early um, and jumping to a premium. That's one of the best ways of doing it. So yeah. uh, while he's been scoring all right, I, I'm still in the camp of, you know, especially once again with the Chin Cotter and DPP, you know, you probably easily bring a Chin Cotter onto the field and get someone like him off. Yeah, well, would you try? Well, just one quick one on that. Would you trade? Uh, Who would you trade first, Chandler or McKenzie? Oh, so probably I imagine with a B, the break even, McKenzie's break even would be higher. I imagine after the score he had on the week. Is that right? Let me have a look. Uh, yeah, uh, so McKenzie is 65. Uh, 65, yeah. um, and Chandler would be 56. What, 56. 56. So, and what are the matchups? Who do Hawks play next week? So um, Hawks Melbourne. got Bulldogs and Melbourne have gotten off Melbourne. I'm holding okay. Canada personally there. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, look, yeah, why not? If, if you can um, still get to the same guy with, with McKenzie, then you get McKenzie. But if that, yeah. whatever it is, 30K, 30K is the difference, then you do that, I think. I think you, we can't get too attached to these rookies as good as they exactly. Um we're, we're trying to get to premiums, and if that's the ticket, then that's the ticket. Yeah, very, very good point there. I like that one. Uh, and then you mentioned Tim before, Van Ruin saved his uh, score late. So good that he made another 24K. So, and he probably holds his spot in the team now. I don't think they're going to drop him, especially after that last quarter. He was very good and he's got some good matchups. So if there's a chance to, I know probably this week you can't loop him, but maybe in another week or, t- or whatever where he's got an earlier game, you could potentially look at looping him. But um, we'll have to see with that one. Then there was... Now, I want to go to you, uh, both you, Mitch and Luke, for our final two plays before we move on to the final game. Uh, Liam Baker... Uh, 53. So here, I want to put him and Rioli in this same conversation because uh, Jaden Short looks like he maybe he moved back in defence a little bit more in this game. So are you worried about both Rioli and Baker moving forward just because they're all, like, all three of them um, being back there? Or what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I was interested to, to see that Short went back, to be honest. Um, Bowers actually thought that Richmond looked pretty set on having him in, in some sort of a midfield role. But I guess with Taranto and Hopper and whatnot in there as well, maybe that dictated that Short plays back. I think um, now that you've got Short and Rioli back, Short and Rioli will be the two that'll be the distributors and get to play less accountable. And then um, Liam Baker, uh, we've said it a couple of times, he's just an absolute jet. He's one of those players that you absolutely love as a Richmond fan. But the thing about him is he's a a Swiss Army knife. He can do it all. And um, that is alarm bells for fantasy. So I actually actually dodged a bit of a bullet this week. I had the opportunity to bring in either Whitfield, Zeeble or, uh, or Baker. Uh, and I was t- tossing up between Baker and, and Zeeble and fortunately went Zeeble. But uh, I just think that Bakes, of the three of those guys, I think he's the one that Damien Hardwick will go to as, as Mr. Fix-It. Um, and if Short and uh, Rioli are back there, they're going to be the distributors. That's sort of my thoughts on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that might be the case. So, um, Tim, we'll move on to the Anzac Day game from today. Mate, what a cracker of a game. So firstly, let's talk about when the teams were released or when they were finally released because there was a massive delay with the teams being released Ridiculous. on the website. But um, when they did come out, Nell and Davey was in. It did put, uh, I think, some coaches in a panic mode because some were thinking about using him as a loophole for VCs or just loopholing rookies. Um, and then, of course, when it comes to the Essendon midfield with Merritt out, we thought that, that may have helped Parrish or Setterfield, but didn't seem to really help them too much. And then, you know, the day is really just all about bloody Nick Dacos and, uh, <laughs> and you know, him taking home a medal and uh, having the sea on him for me and uh, me doing my cartwheels in the, uh, in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just, well, Mitch, just quickly before uh, we talk about it, uh, just a yes or no, did you bring Dacos in last week? 
Yeah, I've had him in for for two weeks, and he's averaging for my team 138 points. So (laughs) that's been fun. Oh yeah, and that that was the point I was just about to say. So uh, myself, Luke, and Mitch all brought Dacos in uh, last week, and he's averaging 138 for us. So he is now priced at 971,000, averaging 122 for the year, and. His time on ground's actually going up. So he played 93% game time today, and it's been real high 80s the last couple of weeks. So if there, so I'm just looking at his ownership now. So his ownership is 62%. For those 38% of coaches, what, 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 are, what are they doing? Are they paying They're up? Are not they, playing. Are they... They're ghost ships, mate. <laughs> <laughs> They're ghost ships. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, ridiculous how good he is. I'm sure that he'll get another medal or two uh, this year. He's just been incredible. 41 disposals. Two goals, one. Just yeah, I don't now, think it's too now much priced more to say. at what um, at, to what Doherty was priced at. Yeah, you, you run it's out priced of at one hundred. He's nearly priced at one hundred and thirteen at the moment. So yeah. if you don't have him, you just his value thing is it. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I just knew he was having a big game when he had three disposals in the first fifty seconds of the game. I was like, yeah, he's, he's on, on for a big one here. So yeah, he was incredible. Um, right still at soft, um, it was oh, as soon as I realised that. that they were applying no pressure to him. I was just yes. like, oh, here we go. Sure, One surely, of these days, yeah, it has well, to. Surely, but I, just... I think I, surely for me as a Crows fan, it has to come this week because last year, if anyone remembers, he torched the Crows in the wet for 40 disposals and three goals. I, I, I can't fathom how Matty Nix won't send Ben Keys to him. And again, can Ben Keys go with Dacos? Again, that's a question, but... But there's no, I, I just hasn't been a lot of tagging roles also this year yeah. either. The yeah, coaches I, have really kind so of resisted doing that. Ben Keys went to Adam Saad when they played in Gatherin. I just can't fathom uh, Matty Nix thinking last year and thinking, oh, yeah, he got four touches and three goals. We're just not going to send anyone to him. I think that you, they have to. And if they don't, I don't know what coach is doing because Nick Dacos is incredible when he just gets all this free room. And, and I think he'll still do well regardless um, if he gets attention. But... Yeah, I just I can't fathom if he doesn't get tagged this week. Um, but I'll be watching him live. So um, part of me hopes he the Crows win and he goes uh, massive. So that'd be a perfect day. Um, still side bottom, a bit of vintage still side bottom there. He played really well for 126. Um, the brother Josh Dacos, uh, he's also putting together a pretty nice year as well with another 108. So he's averaging 96. And if anyone started with him uh, at the start of the year, he was uh, ran that uh, just under 700k. So he's been very good. Uh, Jordan Degoe, 99. Tom Mitchell, 97. So all the pies mids scored pretty well. Um, Setterfield got it, got did what he needed to, I guess, with 86. But Mitch, is, is he getting to a point where coaches may look to move off him or is it still you, you're prioritising rookies um, out before Setterfield? Mate, if you're looking to trade out Will Setterfield, you've got a much better team than I do. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> he, yeah, look, he's he's a guy that I think you just run through to the end of the buys. When we're doing luxury trades, um, I'm sure you've got other things to worry about than a Will Setterfield. Um, did notice that he played a little bit in defence at times this game as well, which I yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I yeah, thought was so interesting. I, I think that had a lot to do with Nick Dacos, actually. That was um, so in the final quarter, Nick Dacos went forward, and I think they wanted. Because Setterfield was applying some attention to him when he was moving in the midfield. So I think he went into defence to provide that additional man in defence and, and kind of uh, some attention to Nick Dacos. I, I thought it might have been because Hobbs had been subbed in and they moved him into the midfield. And yeah, okay. they just, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly. I'll maybe have to go rewatch that last quarter. But yeah, um, and yeah I, I, I just thought it was interesting. Now, so. um, and especially with Merritt to come back in. Um, I'd have to imagine he goes back into the midfield. It was just situational, but um, yeah, yeah so it was interesting. Yeah. 
Now, what, what about what about McGrath? So, my mate, I've been stuck with him for for the whole year, and his second sixty in, I think, three weeks. So, is he again another guy? You just you hold a bit like Hayden Young, just gets his eighties and and whatever, and then you just get rid of him in his buys, or because he's worth six hundred eighty-two k, you just jumping ship now and just and just jump off of him. Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty pretty well there, Bows. Because you know, if you if you're looking to move off him, it probably means that you're keeping a rookie on the field. Uh, at least you know with McGrath that you you're probably going to get seventy plus every week, and you're a chance of getting a hundred plus. So it's I, a hard I, watch. Yeah. Oh no, no doubt. Like it, hey, no, no I, doubt. I think he's identical to Young because I obviously watch McGrath closely because yep. I own him and I actually want him to do well. Uh, he gets burnt ridiculous amounts of time. Again, yeah. like Hayden Young, they get burnt 10, 15 times a game. And McGrath could easily be averaging in a different world where he gets the ball when he should be. He could be averaging 95, 100, but in it's this always, case, doesn't get it. It's always the hardest part, isn't it? Because you're watching these guys so closely. And it just breaks your heart. And he done, but he done it to you on your birthday too. So Yeah, I know. No couldn't good. believe it. Like, how yeah. about you think about Didn't he know? Birthdays, Didn't so he... ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Selfish. Selfish. <laughs> I sent I sent a message. I said to my birthday mate, go and go and get a hundred. And he's and he's just said, yeah, no thanks. I'll just get my normal sort. But, he's left you on scene. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Then, yeah, no, I'm not happy with that. So, um, and then yeah, so and then the only other guy really that people got, Alan Davy Jr. with a thirty. So, uh, if you can move him down to a rookie and then get a rookie up to someone, that's a play because his break even is now forty one. So he could be. Um, a play to move out. So I reckon that's it, Tim. I reckon we'll move to maybe a few players that people have asked about before yeah, we uh, finish before up. We, uh, before we do move on to the players, I'm just going to give a quick update to the AFL Content Creators Cup. So Uh-oh. firstly, oh no, please don't. Yeah, man. So, uh, <laughs> well, first I'm going to give a big shout-out to Sanch, who scored a, a massive yeah. 21.74, who uh, was the biggest score. We had seven uh, coaches go over 2,100, so... Um, you know, there was a you know some big scores this week from from coaches, but um, I'll go through the top eight. So uh, Destroy has moved into the top eight this week. He's uh, moved into six thousand nine hundred nine, so just inside the top uh, seven thousand. DC Caterpillars has kind of blown out last couple of weeks. He's now just outside the top five thousand. Mitch, mate, three and a half thousand there in uh, in six on the ladder, and this is overall I'm talking about. So good job yeah. there, clawing my way then, back. Yeah, mate. And then uh, Junk Time Janitors from uh, Break Even. He's 3,500 as well, about 40 uh, odd uh, places in front of you. Um, Sanch was the big mover this week with his massive score. I can't remember where he was ranked last week, but um, he's come into basically 1,400 now, which is uh, incredible. Statesman had a low week. I know he was holding both Day and Green, so he dropped from about 300 out to 1,200. Um, uh, Miller time from break even. He's had a couple of really good weeks and he's sitting just outside the top 1,000. And then uh, it's working out quite well for me starting this uh, this competition because at the moment I'm ranked number one at 800. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy at the moment. So, uh, yeah, well, just, just once again. You're going to be just... donating your own money there, I guess. <laughs> more than, <laughs> mate, more than happy to. And if, yeah. I take, uh, if I can Absolutely. take out the gong, I'll be, mate, uh, I'll if, be wrapped. If you it's win early it, days. If you win it, will you double it? Uh, oh Jesus Christ! I'll put go, you on mate. the spot. <laughs> no, 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 thanks. Mate. We should talk about this shit off the off line before you bring this stuff up, mate. mate uh, uh, look, uh, mate. If it goes well, well, we'll see what happens. But, um, well, but just, uh, yeah, just to say how well Sanch did. So he got twenty one seventy four. So the fiftieth ranked coach this week got a twenty two nineteen. So he would have been probably top thousand for the week. So yeah. huge and, week. 
I think it's also worthwhile noting, I was chatting a bit with Jaden uh, over the weekend about rankings and I know there was a tweet that came out last week that the highest last week that a, a top 100 coach had been ranked was about 14,000. And then I know obviously we had you know, a bit of a disastrous Saturday there for a lot of coaches and a lot of coaches were uh, you know, uh, in pretty bad headspace. But, um, and that's why I was talking to Jaden. But one of the things that he let me know was that regarding top 1,000, and I know for any coach to finish inside the top 1,000, that is a you know that's a great it's a great achievement. Um, as of last week, um, the highest a coach was ranked that finished in the top one thousand was twenty five thousand. So um, you know, still plenty of season to go. Exactly, still plenty of the season to go. And keep in mind that we've got an additional week and we've got uh, extra trades. So um, you know, regardless of where your rank is, you still can get inside that top one thousand, and uh, and that uh, you know would be a very very respectable finish. So you know, don't go doing anything stupid. Don't ruin your team. Keep playing a straight back. Make good trades, and um, you know, keep your eye on the prize towards the end. Uh, but once again, proudly sponsored by Infinite Wealth, and uh, like I said, you know, we've got that online program available for coaches now. So to claim yours, you know, get along to infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL Fantasy. But um, we'll now go through a couple of players. I've, I did scan through it just before. We pretty much did capture everyone. There was a couple of questions. Um, people were asking some questions, and they were generally related to, you know, should I trade out a rookie or should I trade out a kind of like a failed um, or underperforming mid-pricer or, um, you know, kind of primo. I think the, the simple case in that, that in, in, in this where we are in this stage of the round or the year is, you know, you trade your rookie, even if you've got an underperforming Rivers or an underperforming, um, you know, maybe even a, a Jordan Goey or a, um, a Horn Francis were some of the names that I saw thrown about. You know, chances are you want to hang on to them because they could give you a good score, whereas a rookie, you know, could be out one week or could throw up a 20. So um, that's probably all I'm going to say about those players. So that's that's pretty much it. Is there anything you want to go through, Bales, before I uh, thank our guests and wrap us up for the night? No, I reckon that's pretty much it. I'll just, if any anyone wants any extra questions answered, I'll, I'll do it over on YouTube just after this. But I think that's pretty much uh, covered everything, Tim. Awesome, Mark. Well, before I'll uh, find out where people can find you, mate, I know that you have almost hit the 1,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel, Bale. So why don't you tell everyone where they can go along and give you a subscribe, even if they're not a big YouTube person, just go along and do it to give you the support. But where can I find you there, mate? Yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, just at uh, Trudy Bells HD. Of, 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 I don't know if I'll change the name, but yeah, just Trudy Bells HD on YouTube. Uh, Nine uh, twenty-one subscribers, so seventy-nine away. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you click subscribe and and get us that one K mark. Uh, that'd be very much appreciated. So uh, appreciate everyone that's uh, shown the support so far. And then uh, Mitch and Luke, the ball boys. Uh, thanks for joining us, boys. Once again, we always get cracking guests. So thanks for coming along. Why don't you tell uh, everyone where they can find you and uh, subscribe to you? Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, you can find us over on YouTube, uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, at Ball Boys AFL Fantasy. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Um, so, yeah, come along and if you like your podcasts on YouTube, you can watch our ugly mugs on there. Or if you can, if you don't want to <laughs> look at Luke's horrible haircut, you can um, listen to us on your podcast either way. But just, yeah, give us a subscribe and, uh, yeah. And, I mean, out. for anyone that doesn't i mean apart from the haircuts um, i mean you guys are actually one of my favorite pods to listen to you guys have got great oh, i love mate. listening to you guys so uh, 100%. thank so, you guys yeah, really appreciate enjoyable. it 
and uh, and yeah, so we appreciate you coming along and uh, and spending time with us, Luke, mate. Where can people find you? Uh, just at Luke Rojo seventeen on uh, on Twitter, and then uh, obviously same spot over on YouTube. But uh, no, thanks thanks for having us, guys. I appreciate. It. I, I know I always say it, but it's just such an awesome community to be involved in. Everyone's so supportive and and welcoming. So um, you know, you guys epitomise that in what you guys are doing, and it's always a pleasure to be on your show. Awesome, guys. Well, we always appreciate you having. Uh, well, come along. Well, thanks a lot for everyone joining oh, us today. Uh, wait, are we, yeah. we going to do, we Go can do uh, rage trades or early trades? Oh, shit, yeah. I didn't oh, do anything about trades. I thought, <laughs> thought Bales was stopping so we could sing him happy birthday or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, well, let's go back to the ball boys first of all. Luke, we were finishing up with you, mate. Trades for this week? What are you who, thinking? Who am I rage trading? Let me just have a look at me, buddy. If it's rage traded, the answer is probably always Hayden Young, isn't it? But um, <laughs> uh, look, I'm probably going to look to shift off uh, McKenzie. Uh, I think it's just going to be a matter of look. It's going to be a matter of whether I can get to somebody that I like moving off McKenzie, um, but. That, that tempting move with the big kahunas of Sheasel um, is something that will be kind of biting in the back of my mind a little bit um, this week. So it's a little bit early to tell, but um, that's sort of where my head's at anyway. Awesome. All right. Mitch, what about you, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm along the similar sort of lines. I'm, I'm contemplating whether or not – look, I don't normally like to do it, but I'm contemplating – I foresee an issue with cash – um, coming through, and I think we're really going to start to see the pain of the sub rule coming through now. Um, so I'm wondering if I use this time to do uh, maybe even a double downgrade, cash up, get these rookies in that are going to make us some cash with Seamus Mitchell and a uh, Chincotta who I've missed, or if I, you know, because I can only get Cam McKenzie up to someone 648,000, so there's not many people I like around that price tag. You know, maybe a Jason Johannesson. But then again, he might score the same as a Seamus Mitchell. So, um, mm. contemplating a, a double downgrade or maybe, like like uh, Luke said, a Cajona's move of getting off Sheasel. But I'll, I'll have to think about that one the next few days. Bales, what about you, mate? Um, yeah, so unfortunately, I've got the uh, Toot Miller issue that I shouldn't have to deal with. But uh, unfortunately, that's the way fantasy rolls. So, I've got to deal with him. Um, I'm probably going to use this opportunity to get another rookie off field. So I'm going to be bringing back in Will Day straight away. So maybe a bit of cash there. I had about 80K in the bank. So I should have enough to get a Cam McKenzie up to Zach Butters. So that's they're my early plans. I miss out on Chin Cotter, which sucks a little bit. So there's a plan potentially where I go get Chin Cotter and maybe bring in a Canilio or someone like that for Toot Miller and, and do that. But at this stage, it's Butters and Will Day in for me. Tim, what about you? Mate, so I'll be trading out Cam McKenzie and bring in uh, Chincotta, and then that'll up, allow me to upgrade Chase Jones to Will Day. So um, perfectly happy with those yeah, trades. Good move. Um, and I'll bring Tom Green back on the field. So yeah, my um, once again, I'm pretty happy with the way my team's looking, and just keep marching on. But um, for those of you uh, follow me on Twitter, I, I'm at Tim Guest AU for uh, fantasy stuff. Tim Guest AU on other social media channels for. Uh, well stuffed, but that's all we have time for today. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks a lot for sending through your players that you want to discuss. Thanks a lot for all the listens and all the support so far, guys. And uh, we will catch you uh, at the pre-lockout chat on Friday or uh, on the podcast next week. See ya. See ya. Thanks, fellas. Laters.